turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 7. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 7. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start in verse number 21. When you get there, you can say amen. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell, and great was his fall. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, open our eyes, open our understanding, Lord. Help us to hear what the Spirit is saying today to the church. I pray for revelation. I pray for understanding. But more than anything, Daddy, I pray for application. May we be people that not only come to hear the word of the Lord today, but that we truly are doers of the word, bringing forth the fruit thereof. And Father, we thank you for this moment, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in our God's presence. We are continuing our series entitled Kingdom Attraction. And so last week we kicked off our series talking about uh, what is a kingdom. We're talking specifically about kingdom life, what it means to live inside of the borders of a kingdom life. So we established last week what a kingdom is. All legitimate kingdoms have for an example, a king. They have a Lord. And we said uh, that in the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Uh, we talked about the fact that every kingdom have a territory. How many know that God's kingdom expands over all creation? Everybody say all. Every kingdom then has a constitution. And for the kingdom of God, the constitution is the word of God. This word is gives us instruction on how we should function in the kingdom of God. Every kingdom has citizens. And in God's kingdom, all of his citizens are those who have been born again and washed in his blood. You ought to say amen to that if you've been born again into the kingdom of God. Every kingdom has laws. Every kingdom has privileges and rights. 
One of the things we talked about last week <clears throat> was that we want to be sure that we are the people of God who are uh, 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 obtaining all the rights and privileges of what it means to be a son and a daughter of God. How many know that there are rights and privileges that come with being a part of God's kingdom? Did anybody know that? How many of you know that? Amen. So in the kingdom of God, just like in any kingdom, there's a code of ethics, acceptable, a lifestyle, a way which we live in God's kingdom. How many know that the way that we live in the kingdom should say something about who we are connected with? Yeah, the Bible says that they took note that the disciples and everybody else was hanging out with Jesus. Why? Because they were like him. There was something about that culture. How many know that every kingdom have a culture? And in the kingdom of God, there should be a culture of righteousness. There should be something about us that distinguishes us from every other people on the planet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are the people of God. And so as I was really beginning to uh, just really uh, studying and, and reading on the kingdom, how many know the Bible has a whole lot to say about the kingdom? Everything that Jesus preached, Jesus preached about the kingdom. That's all he preached about. That's all he talked about. Of the, in fact, of the 40 or so parables that Jesus taught, listen to this, 19 of them were references, direct references to the kingdom of God. As we said before, when Jesus came on the earth, Jesus came, the Bible says in uh, uh, Matthew 9.35, Matthew 4.23, for an example, that Jesus came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. That's all he did. When Jesus came, he wanted people to understand what the kingdom of God was, how it functioned, how to operate in the kingdom. He was all about the kingdom. Now understand something. Jesus did not preach religion. I knew I'd get an amen when you said that. I said that. Jesus did not preach religion. But understand something that religion has caused more wars, more heads chopped off. How many of you know what I'm talking about? More violence. That's why Jesus said that my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, it would be a whole different thing. Jesus' kingdom was not of this world. Jesus wasn't here to try to overthrow the world and to fight kingdoms because, first of all, he already owns everything. Jesus was after the hearts of men. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So Jesus did not preach religion. You, know, you talk to some people sometimes, you say, how long have you been saved? Well, uh, I, I, I've been a Catholic for, uh, uh, since I was a kid. I, I didn't ask you that. What I want to know, how long have you been saved? Well, okay, I've been in a Lutheran church. and uh, Well, no, no, I didn't ask. How long have you been saved? Well, well, well you, know, you know, I got baptized. I asked you a question. How long have you been saved? And what a lot of folk will do, here's where the church has stumbled up, is because how many know denominations sometimes feed into the spirit of religion? Now, why do I say that? Because more people put more emphasis on their religion or their denomination than Christ. How many know that Christianity is about relationship? Everybody say relationship. It's about relationship. It's not about a denomination. It's not about a religion. And this is where a lot of folk miss it. And so what people walk away thinking is, oh, the kingdom of God is, is all about my religion, my denomination. And this is why people get it all confused, because they don't understand the difference. Christianity is about relationship. Do you know Jesus? I didn't, it's not about your denomination. How many know denominations ain't going to save you? Read the book. 
Denominations will not save you. Only Jesus saves. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? So it's about the kingdom. Everyone, Jesus, Jesus was talking about the kingdom. He, how many know the kingdom is wonderful, it's powerful, it's eternal, it's life-changing, it's valuable, it's beautiful, it's remarkable, it's incredible. The kingdom of God is beyond your wildest imagination. So we don't hear a whole lot of talk about the kingdom because we're more preaching about our own agenda than about what God wants us to talk about. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. He said this, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Mm, Good God. Prepared for you. Everybody say for you. Before the foundation of the world. What Jesus is really saying is the greatest gift, the greatest inheritance is the kingdom of God. The Bible says that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he shall what? Reign forever. It is about the kingdom. (laughs) We talked about last week at the conclusion of our message, I begin to focus on the fact that that, that, of of putting God's kingdom first. I got a question. It's somewhat rhetorical, but I, I have a question. How do we know, how do you know, if you're putting God's kingdom first. You know, it, it is so easy. <laughs> it's so easy to read these verses. You know, you can read the Bible after a little while. And, and, and if you don't really stop and really try to personalize this thing and really try to eat it and really, you know, you can just read it and it becomes sort of just an, a, an exercise of futility. And what I mean by that is you're not really personalizing it. You, you know it. You know, how many of you have heard this before? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But how many have you really, really thought about that and what the implications of that means? Hmm. See, here's the question I want to, I got a, a question I have for you this morning. Where do you, where do you turn when you have a decision to make, a problem to solve or guidance to seek? Is your first response is, let me call Brother John. Let me call Brother Susie. Let me rely on my education. Let me rely on my bank. Is your first response is, let me check on everything else, and then after everything else failed, then you talk to Jesus? Do we look to God, his word, his principles first? How many know that these kingdom principles that we're going to be preaching about and talking about for the next few weeks, how many know the principles of God works Oh, let me say it again. The God's, how many know the Bible says God will never lie? And if God, how many know the Bible says, for an example, one principle, we're going to talk about one in particular this morning we're going to be preaching about, but give an example. Jesus says, given, it shall be given when you press down, shaking together, running over. God will cause men to give unto your bosom. How many of you believe that principle? How many of you demonstrate you believe that principle? It's a whole different story. See, that's a principle of the kingdom. Don't make sense in the natural because in the natural you see something total different. But in kingdom life, these principles work, but you got to work the kingdom. You got to believe. You got to come by faith. You got to put your money where your mouth is when it comes to the things of God. So prioritizing the kingdom, watch this church, y'all with me still say amen. Prioritizing the kingdom means prioritizing God in every, everybody say every, every area of life. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. 
until we make a decision, until we make decisions based on kingdom agenda, we will miss out on the abundant life that God has for us. How many know that going to church services, reading spiritual books, name it and claim it, won't matter until we come under kingdom authority? Today we're going to be talking about a subject in the kingdom, one of God's principles, kingdom surrender. Everybody say surrender. I remember as a kid, and I used to wrestle. I used to fight my, my buddies. And, uh, and uh, I was in high school, and I, I was on the wrestling team. And, and if you're a man and you ever fought, you ever wrestled, you don't like to lose. Come on, brothers. And the last thing you want to say sometimes, you know, we put, I used to put my friends in sort of a, a, a certain hold, a choke hold. And I said, you got to surrender. And the last thing anyone wants to do in life is surrender. How many of you love that word, surrender? Come on, tell the truth. Come on. Something about that word troubles your spirit, doesn't it? But how many know that we will never get what God wants for us until we learn to surrender to kingdom principles? You see, kingdom principles is the key to access the benefits of God's kingdom. I, I said last week, and it's, and, I, and it's worth saying here again this morning, Every one of us, God wants to be blessed. How many know when Jesus came and he preached the kingdom? How many know that he gave us this stuff for a reason? How many know he gave us this book for a reason? How many know he gave us principles for a reason? He didn't give us principles so we can pick and choose and say, okay, I like that one, I don't like that one. Oh, that, oh I really don't like that one. You know, a principle, love your enemies. How many of you love that? I said, how many talk back to me? Love your enemies. How many know that's a kingdom principle? That's a principle. Well, I don't want to love my enemy. Well, when you make that decision, you lose. Because there's a kingdom benefit that has been afforded to you. When you refuse to give, forgive, for an example, and you refuse, well, I'm not going to forgive. You don't hurt nobody but yourself. Because there's a kingdom principle, and God says forgive. Just, how many know that's what Jesus talked about? And when we don't do that, guess what? There are something, there's something there that we're subtracting from our own walk. Our own, I mean, no, I want all, I'm about to retire coming up here in October. I can officially retire. So it was going over some numbers. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm watching like a hawk, brothers and sisters. I'm watching what this, this financial planner is telling me, and I'm listening because, you know, I kept saying, I don't want to miss one thing that's afforded to me. I want everything that I'm supposed to get. How many of you like that? In the kingdom of God, you should, your attitude and my attitude should be, I want everything that's afforded to me as a Christian. I don't want to miss, I don't want to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, well, well Gary, you could have had this, but because you were violating kingdom principles here and there, you didn't get it. Question I have for you. How many of you find yourself in some kind of trouble today? Raise your hand. Some kind of trouble. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying I'm just some kind of trouble. Come on, don't be afraid. Let me ask you a question. This just was food for thought. Just think about it. Could it be tied to some kingdom that principle that you violated? What kingdom principle did you violate? Let me know God's word is eternal. When we come down to the issue of surrender, let's talk about this. See, while many Christians have made the decision to surrender their lives to Christ for their salvation, hear this. They have not surrendered their lives to him in such a way that they have become committed followers. I mean, know that 
Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you. We talk about committed followers. We're talking about people who are committed to kingdom principles. In other words, they're just not showing up on Sunday. This is, and this is where a lot of people get it wrong, and this is why some of our churches are filled. How many know that all of our churches are not filled with people because they're preaching the word? A lot of folks think if a church got a lot of people, that's what's happening. There's a lot of big churches that ain't preaching the truth. I'm just being honest. I'm telling it like it is. I'm not saying that we're better. I'm just saying big don't necessarily mean it's right. Because there are a lot of people that want to hear certain things. And so people are encouraged to, to, well, you know, how many know the lowest common denominator is to live your life like this? Well, I'm saved by the grace of God. God understands I'm a sinner. Well, what did he write all the book of instructions and principles for if he just wants you to just go ahead and do what you want to do? He wrote them so you can prosper. How many know that we ought to thrive in the kingdom? We ought to be proclaiming some stuff. We ought to be over getting victory in our families and victory in our relationships and victory in our finances. And we're supposed to be walking around victorious in every area of our life. And the devil wants us living on a low road just trying to make it. What are you trying to make it? You ought to be, lift your head up. You already made it by the blood of Jesus. Act like you're a kingdom kid. Hallelujah. Walk in the kingdom. Don't live your life on the low. Well, God understands them. Yes, he understands. That's why he died for you. That's settled. Now live right. Apply the principles and watch how we know God didn't just save you to take you to heaven. He saved you to be a kingdom person in the earth, to make a difference, to be able to change things, situations, places, and circumstances. Ah, how many know now we're talking kingdom life? Come on, when Jesus came preaching the kingdom, did he not shake up some stuff? Boy, did he not make some folk upset? Some of us won't adopt the kingdom principles because we're afraid to make some folk upset. Well, if you're afraid to make some folk upset, then what you're saying is they are, in fact, your Lord, not Jesus. If Jesus is your Lord, you do what Jesus says. Oh, did I just get somebody upset? Y'all, okay. (laughs) See, we got to understand this. This principle of surrender. Because what, what God and the Holy Ghost is saying to the church today, that, that there needs to be a shift in how we look at the Christian life. The Christian life, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know, there's a reason why people come up here, confess Christ, get baptized, and then we never see them again. They won't, you can't find them. How many know there's a culture in our churches today that we let people think that certain things are okay when we know that, in fact, if they don't do what the Bible says, how many know that anytime we disobey the word of God, there's a consequence? Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? See, there's a consequence. Let me talk for a moment. So let me, oh gosh, I took, that was just my introduction. Okay, hallelujah. All right. Jesus. Okay, so let me, talk, let me talk a little bit about the value of the kingdom real quick. Matthew 13, 44. Jesus says, watch this. Again, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom. We're talking about the kingdom. We're talking about kingdom surrender. That's what we're talking about this morning. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. <laughs> Which a man found and hid, watch this, and for joy, everybody say for joy. For joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, watch this, and he buys that field. Oh, I want you to hear this now. How many know that our attitude should be about the kingdom, that we're willing to give up everything for the kingdom? Watch this. Our time, our talents, our money, and watch this, and our own selves. This, this was a picture. Jesus was giving a picture. Remember, Jesus teaching principles. He was preaching the kingdom. He said, he, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like somebody who found this thing. And when they found it, they went and sold everything. They gave up everything for it. all their money, their time. Their, they gave their whole life to this thing. And, and I like what, this, what the part where it says, and for joy. Everybody say for joy. In other words, they ain't kicking and screaming, giving it up. How many know that we ought not be kicking and screaming, giving up the world? Come on, there should be some joy in the house. There should be some excitement in the house. So our approach to the kingdom is, God, I'm coming to give you everything. And one of the ways you know you're a kingdom person is you invest heavily into it. You invest heavily into it. You invest everything. Don't tell me you love God and you have a problem with giving to the kingdom that you say that you're a part of. Come on, church. Am I preaching better than you letting on this morning? Understand something. Listen, listen to me. You go and say, David, listen, Jesus put it in word. He said, he said, this was the field. This man went and he gave up everything, everything. Matthew 13, 45 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he found one pearl of great price, get this, he went and sold everything and bought it. I mean, no, the kingdom demands all of you. There's a common denominator in those two parables that Jesus gave. This is a principle. And you know what the common denominator is, that one word? A-L-L. You want victory in your life as a Christian? Don't hold on to anything. Give up your life. Give up your life. Give up your passions. Give up everything. Give it up for the sake of the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Go ahead, turn there real quick. I want you to lay eyes on that verse. We say it all the time. Romans 12. This message is going to be a little bit heavy this morning. It's going to be weighty. Um, but if you need a kiss and a hug at the end of the service, just come see me. I'll hug you. I'll make you feel better in Jesus' name. But pastor, why are you doing that? Because I want you to be free. I want you and I to experience the benefits and the blessing. How many, how many of you are tired of Satan robbing us? Some of us, the devil, the devil just messing with me. What door are we opening up? Sometimes it ain't just the devil. It's us just not doing what we're supposed to do. We let the devil in. Come on in, Satan. Do what you got to do. Come on, Satan. And then pray with me. The devil beat me up. Well, close the door. Come on, work with the brother. Come on, what area in your life, what principle are you not adhering to? Because Jesus says, when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed, church. 
Romans 12, 1. Look at this. I love this verse, but I want you to catch this. I beseech you. Paul said, I beg you. That word beseech means I'm begging you. Apostle Paul said, I beg you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies, because God has been so merciful to you. Had not God been good to you? Come on, church. Had not God blessed you? Had not God blessed you even when you didn't deserve it? Had you not been good to you? He said, I beg you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living, a living, a living sacrifice, holy, except, everybody say holy. holy. We don't like to talk about, how many know God wants holy? <laughs> Acceptable to God. Watch this, which is your reasonable service, or some translations says your reasonable service of worship, or your service of worship. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. Uh, watch this. How I many know when, when the children of Israel would, would, would come and they would offer their sacrifices? When they offered their lamb or the turtle, whatever it was they had to offer. How I many know when they went and put that animal up on the altar? How I many know that they didn't like chop off portions of the animal to sacrifice? They didn't just chop off the head or just the toe and put that on the altar. Uh, I'm gonna chop off the finger, you know. How uh, I many know when they went and they sacrificed an animal, they put the whole the whole animal, all of it went up on the altar. See, how, how many know that to be talking about surrender, let's, let's, let's keep that in mind. How many know there's too many of us, and I say us, I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. Too many of us believers have a, well, listen, listen, we have a portion of our time, a portion of our talents, a, a, a portion of ourselves on the altar of God. In other words, we're giving God some, but we're not giving God all. How do you know that kind of sacrifice won't work? Jesus wants all. Everybody say all. all. He wants all. That's the way it works for him. How do you know when he says a living sacrifice, Paul is really saying, I want God to say, listen, I want your whole life. I don't just want you uh, from 1030 to 1230 on Sunday morning. I want you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, some of y'all know what it is. Some of y'all. All right. I want you the whole week. Some of y'all have no idea what that is, but I'm just kind of saying my age. All right? That was an old song, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Some of y'all remember that? All right, anyway. But God wants, how many know God wants it all? And this is what, that is what, see, how many know worship is much more? Come on, church. Worship is much more than coming to church on Sunday, singing a few songs, and listening to me preach. Worship is so much more than that. This thing ought to transform your life. Somewhere down the line, when you start adopting kingdom principles in your life, there's going to be a change. Don't tell me that you won't change if you walk with Jesus. You're going to change. Do I have a witness in the house? You've been changed. There's some, you know some stuff. You used to do. You don't do no more. You can't do no more. And when you do, you feel bad. If you don't feel bad about it, hallelujah. You need to run to the altar at the end of service. And I say that with all my heart. See, half-surrendered Christians 
Want to know, half surrendered. Hear me. I told you this message is going to be a little heavy. Every now and then I bring one. I only do like one or, tw- one or two a year, right, church? All right. This, this is the medicine. Just take it. It's going to be good for you in the end. How many know the half committed Christians want to know why God hasn't shown up miraculously? Why ain't God show, Why ain't God helping me? Why isn't there a change in my situation? I mean, the one of the things that God, I'm convinced that God allows certain things in our lives so that we can come to a place where we can really begin to self-examine ourselves. Okay, what, what is it in my life that I'm doing wrong? You know, when the things are going wrong in your life, just stop. Every now and then, you ought to just stop and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just want to make sure of something. God, are you trying to tell me something? How many of you have ever asked God that? God, are you trying to speak to me? I mean, this principle of surrender, why is this principle so important? I want you to understand something. Because I, I can't preach to you about the kingdom and the benefits of the kingdom until we get this part of it right first. There has to be a willingness to surrender to kingdom principles. Everything else I will share with you about the kingdom won't work until you come to a place and say, Lord, I'm ready to fully surrender. Everybody say fully. I'm ready to fully surrender to the things of the kingdom of God. And when Jesus says some things that goes contrary to your way of thinking, so be it, bow to the word. The word's going to be right every time. Y'all know that, right? How many know Jesus is right all the time? I, I mean, let me say, Jesus is right all the time. His word is always right. Whatever Jesus says, it's right. How many know whatever he said, when Jesus came, when he was preaching a kingdom, he was preaching a lifestyle. He was saying, this is who we are. This is where I come from. And he said, if you do this, in the end, it's going to work out in your favor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Luke 9, 23. Look at this principle. This is the principle of the kingdom. And this is the principle that we're talking about today. I got to do this quickly. He says here in Luke 9, 23. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Then he said to them, watch this, church. If anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone. or, or like, like I, I like to say, everybody, everybody, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny him what? Take up his what? And what? Follow me. <laughs> you see, how many know that when Jesus carried that cross, they paraded him down the street. They humiliated him. And how many know that when one carries the cross, when, when the Romans would crucify uh, a person, um, you know, he, he, the one carrying his cross to the place of execution, they would have to carry their cross to the place of execution. And guess what? While they were doing that, they were on public display for everybody to see that the condemned person was guilty of the crime for which they were being crucified. That's the way the Romans did it. They had to take a cross, and you had to go, you were publicly humiliated. I mean, you had to take this thing, and how many know this thing was hard? It was humiliating. How many know to carry your own cross, watch this, church, this is what Jesus means, to carry your own cross is to admit publicly that you are guilty of the crime of being committed to Jesus Christ and placing him first. How many know that your cross is meant to be a public, on public display. Well, well, pastors, I know it's hard, but you know, when you, Jesus said, you got to take up your cross. Look, look at me and say, take it up. How many know you're supposed to be on public display? Everybody's supposed to watch you, just like they watched Jesus bearing his cross. They ought to be able to watch you and see how you are so committed to God. 
See, an example of what it means to carry your own cross would be this, for an example. I can't sleep with you because I'm a Christian. How many know that's a form of bearing your cross? It's when the business person say, I can't do that because it's unethical. How many know you're bearing your cross? Yeah, even though it might make you a lot of money to do it, you're going to bear the cross. Why? Because you're a kingdom person and you understand and you know that you've been called to a higher place. So Jesus says, if anyone want to come after me, he got he to take up his cross, right? He talks about denying oneself. <laughs> Why? Because how many knew yourself, which is your flesh, naturally rejects kingdom life? This is why when Jesus came, a lot of people got upset at what he said, because he said some things that went contrary to their way of thinking. How many know he still has the same message for us today? How many know that our flesh is anti-kingdom? Some of y'all, I mean, how many know your flesh is anti-kingdom? How many know your flesh want to fight back? Your flesh want to hate? Your flesh want to lust? Your flesh want to fornicate? Your flesh want to commit adultery. Your flesh want to murder. Your flesh want to be bitter. Your flesh want to be angry. Your flesh want to seek revenge. Your flesh want to be drunk. I said, how many know your flesh is anti-kingdom? This is why, come on church, Jesus says you must deny what? Yourself. See? So the first thing I got to understand, if I'm going to, listen, if I'm going to access the benefits of the kingdom of God, I got to deny my flesh. I got it. Paul said, I put my flesh on the altar and I beat it every day. He said, I die daily. Paul said, I beat my flesh. Why is he beating your flesh? Because his flesh won't control. Some of us let our flesh get the best of us. Some of you look in the spirit, our flesh got us on the, on the ground, pent down and slapping us all upside the head. The flesh is winning. It's not a laughing matter. I'm serious. The flesh is winning for a lot of us. The flesh is getting the victory. And how many know that you're supposed to beat that flesh? Don't let, don't even give it, the Bible says don't even give an inch to the devil. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You give a devil an inch before you know you're somewhere. You're like, how in the world did, how did I get here? Because you open up a little bit. I'm, ain't no one but just a little bit. It's okay. Oh. See how the devil works? See, we talk about this issue of surrender. Jesus said, you got to deny yourself. Deny yourself means to take up what Christ wants over what you want. The essence of kingdom, understanding the kingdom. Jesus said this in Mark 8, 35. Hear this verse. He said, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. How many know life comes to, listen to me, adhering and submitting your life to the kingdom of God? That's where life comes in at. But everything the devil, how many know the devil tried to sell you some stuff and how many know that whatever the devil in the world has to offer you is not worth the price of admission? How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Whatever the world has to offer you, it is not worth the price of admission. I don't care how good it looks to your flesh. I don't care how good it feels. Don't live your life based on how good it feels. You live your life based on kingdom principles. Do what God said, and your feeling will get in check. But I don't like this. Don't, this feels odd. Well, certainly it feels odd. 
Ah, Paul said this in Galatians 20, verse 2, verse 20. I've been crucified. Everybody say crucified. With Christ. I no longer live, but Christ live in me. And the life I live now, I live in flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Understand something about the kingdom of God. This principle of surrender is the access code to everything about what God has for us. That's the key. How many of you want to be blessed? Raise your hand, please. Do you just want to live your life just, are you satisfied? Let me, let me step out. Are you satisfied with just going to heaven? No. That's all you live? I mean, are you satisfied with just saying, I'm just going to heaven? Or do you want to have victory in your life? Amen. Do you want to have victory in your relationships? Amen. See, we're going, to, we're going to start a brand new series in our Bible study for life about making relationships stick. You know what we'll be talking about in that Bible study? Kingdom principles. Kingdom principles. Because when you apply kingdom principles, you don't, you don't just exist, you thrive. How many know Jesus never lived this life just kind of going through it? How many know that we are supposed to live in a victorious realm? How many believe you're supposed to be living victoriously in God? How many know there's a principle for every area of life? In God's word. There's a principle. Now look at Matthew chapter 7, our foundational text, and one moment to get you out of here. Matthew chapter number 7. Oh. Talking about kingdom surrender. We'll do this real fast. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, say, enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Isn't that amazing what Jesus just said there? And there's a lot of people that's going to be saying, Lord, Lord. He said, that won't get you in. How many know Jesus know what you like all the time? He, Jesus know what you really like. How many know we can't fool him? I said, how many know we can't fool him? We can fool one another, but we can't fool the master. We can fool people. It ain't about what people think. It's about what he thinks. How many live in his presence? It's about living in his presence. Jesus said this. This scares me. He said, not everyone that said to me, Lord, Lord. And you know what he even says in this verse? He said, these folks start prophesying. In other words, you know what this was? These were religious people. They were religious. They do religious things. but they have no relationship. That's why Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew who you were. I don't know you. My prayer today is that Jesus will never say that to you. Listen to me. You know, I want you to check your heart. Know where you are in Christ. No. How many know mama, daddy can't save you? Brother, sister can't save you. You have to surrender your life yourself unto God. But look at verse number 24. Therefore, he says this. Look at this. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. When Jesus talks about sayings, what are you talking about? Kingdom principles. Whatever he taught about. He says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Everybody say, do them. Come on, I'm almost done. Stay with me. And does them. 
He said, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the what? Rock. See, watch this. If your attitude and my attitude is, God, show me a principle. Lord, I'm willing to walk in these principles. I'm going to obey these principles. Here's what's going to happen. Over time, when the rains come and the floods come, guess what's going to happen? You're going to still be standing. You're still going to come out on the other end of this thing. How many of you ever seen them palm trees and those hurricanes? When they, you ever watch a hurricane when the palm trees bend to the point of breaking? And then all of a sudden the sun come out when the storm is over? The palm tree looking gorgeous and beautiful. The sun is beaming down on it. But that, that palm, same palm tree got bent. Y'all, how many know what I'm talking about? That thing looked like it was going to fall over, but it didn't. How many know the Bible said that when you and I are, are people that apply what we hear from Jesus, when we apply what we hear, he says we're going to be like, that, like that, 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 that tree that's on a rock. We're not going to fall. How many know we're going to thrive? We're going to succeed. How many know we're going to come out better on it? How many know that when you serve God, when you obey his principles, you come out better on the other end? If you don't believe me, try it. Try it. Say, I'm going to say you know what, Lord, I'm going to obey everything you, you tell. Jesus, whatever you tell, I'm going, to, I'm going to seek to obey it. And then come back and check with me six months later. I bet your life is changed. I bet you'd be saying, Pastor, I'm so glad you preached that sermon because all I do now, I look for principles in his word. But watch this. He said, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, verse 26, will be like a foolish. Everybody say foolish. foolish. A foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I like to call this Sandman Christianity. Says one who hears the word, they hear the principles, but then don't follow through, don't obey. In other words, they're just listening. How many know that pressures of life has a way of revealing what's really in your heart? You ever notice that? Where do you default to when things get really tough? There's something I'm telling you right now. I mean, you know, there have been people, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, I'm telling you, I, I see people, man, when, when they get afflicted, I mean, I don't know about you, but man, I'm running to God all the time. Like, I sense trouble on the horizon. I'm going way before I get there. I'm calling on it. How many know what I'm talking about? There's some people, watch it, they don't hear, they're just listening, but they're not trying to apply the principle. And here's what happened. Boom, the rain flood, boom, they get washed away. Where they at? Here's the thing. They didn't commit to the principle. They didn't commit to obeying in a lot of cases. And so when the trouble of life comes and the trials of life come and the trials of life hit them, you don't see them anymore. In fact, you see them propelling away from God. When, I mean, when trouble should kind of make you go to God, I find the folks who don't apply the principles of God, when trouble comes, they run away from God. Because why? Because that wasn't their natural default. It's a sandman Christianity. So when the floods come, when the rain hit, boy, I'm up out of here. I'm gone. Man, I'm a, I'm a, I got to fend for myself. I got to fight for myself. What you just said was what you're really trusting in. So watch this. So when my attitude and your attitude is, I am going to be a person that's going to apply these kingdom principles. Whatever Jesus said, we'll go over some of these in the next couple of weeks, but whatever Jesus said, I want you to understand something. If Jesus said it, it is a way of life, it's who we are, and it's something that we're going to be living in for eternity. 
How many know what I'm talking about? How many know we're going to be loving, we're going to be forgiving, we're going to be serving for eternity? Everything that Jesus talked about is the way the kingdom will function. And you know what? He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wants the kingdom right here in the earth. And how's the kingdom lived out? Lived out through you and me. That's, that's, that's why that's the first thing he said. He said, here's what I want you to pray. After you reverence God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, right here. That right, right, right here. God's kingdom is operating right here, right now, and it's operating through you and me. We make a commitment to obey. You know, I, I, I said this, the results of Sandman Christianity a lot of times is marriages falling apart, singles are struggling to be content, debt rule houses, addictions run amok. But when you come to a place, I'm, 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 trying, to I'm trying to tell you something. The principles of the kingdom of God, if you, if you say, Pastor, no, don't say that. Say, Lord, I'm willing to now, I'm ready to obey. I don't want to just know I'm going to heaven. I want to live my life in a way that the kingdom of God is living through me right here and now. Your life will change. Your life will change. But you got to obey the principle. So, so in conclusion, look at your name and say, no half-stepping. Okay? Here, here's the thing. Either we're going to be all in or, 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 or you know, Jesus says, if, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. How many know that we need everybody all in? Look at your name again and say, all in, please. That's what you want. We want to be all in. How many know trying to live in two worlds at the same time will not benefit us as kingdom subjects? I mean, no, we can't try to have, listen, make a decision. What is it going to be? Joshua said this, choose this day who you're going to serve. Make a decision, but when you do it, go all the way. Is there anybody in this room that has went all the way with God? I mean, all the way. This is our inheritance. This is our kingdom. This is, this is what I de you deserve. I, God, Jesus died. He said, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let's take it. Let's take everything God has for us. Let's surrender our lives to it. Let's say, Lord, I'm going to embrace these principles, and I'm going to change my world. I'm going to change my circumstances. I'm going to change my generation. Every head is bowed.